Are you working on your author career, but struggling to get that first book published? Does the goal of being an author seem too lofty? Or thoughts of having multiple books and making a full-time living are as fantastical as living in Cinderella's castle? Welcome to Discovered Wordsmiths, a podcast where aspiring authors can be heard. Join Steven Schneider as he finds and talks to authors you may not know, but authors that have gotten their foot on the author career path. Hear what they've done to get there and where they want to go now. Settle back. It's time for a bit of inspiration and advice. Come listen to today's Discovered Wordsmith. Hello, welcome to another episode of Discovered Wordsmiths. And I'm glad you're here for this episode. It's a great episode. First of all, you may notice a difference that I am no longer doing two episodes. I'm not doing an A, reader episode, and a B, writer episode. I'm just doing one episode for several reasons. Based on the stats and listens and all the analytics that I keep an eye on, most people aren't listening all the way through an episode. So having two episodes at about 30 minutes each, they're not getting listened to. So I'm cutting things back a bit, uh, cutting the questions down uh, and putting them together. So there'll be author information along with the reader and book information on one episode. That's about 20 minutes to 30 minutes long. That seems like an ideal uh, length for people to listen to, to find out about new books and to get some tips with authors. So I think uh, I'm going to give this a try and see how well it works. You know, let me know if you liked it one way or the other or how long you like to listen. I also have been doing uh, the clips are video clips now, and there's more of them. I'm putting on Facebook, on YouTube, and even TikTok. And this is also because lots of people will listen to the clips, subscribe to the clips playlist, but they don't go listen to the full episode. They they like the little clips, they get some information. If they like what they hear, they go hear the full episode. So I'm putting a few more clips out there to give you an idea of what the author and I talked about. So there are changes there. Uh, again, it's to try and make the podcast better. The whole idea is to offer uh, new authors a way to get their book out there, a way to talk about their book with a podcast that's willing to uh, focus on new authors and new books, untried people, untried books. So please support them, buy their books, read their books, pass their books along, tell others about their books. Uh, so then today we've got Tom Holbrook back and it's good to see Tom. I can't believe it'd been a month. I thought it'd only been a week or two and it'd been a month since we talked. So he's got a bunch of middle grade books, especially for me. And we have some good discussion on a few of those. I'll put links in the show notes to check them out. Always good books recommended by Tom. So if Tom recommends something, go check it out. And then our author today is fantastic to me. Uh, it's a young man, age 16. He's written several books. He approached me. He contacted me, which, by the way, for any authors, if you're interested in being on the podcast, there's a contact form on the website. Go check it out. Let me know if you're interested. But Yoshio got a hold of me and said, hey, I'm a young author and I've got some books. Would you like to talk to me? And I'm like, oh, yes, I would, because that is one of my things is 
the young kids today, they're taking over the world. They're going to be coming up. They need some support. They need guidance. And some of them are extremely talented and driven. And I think we need to help these kids and show them that they can do some of this. He's excited about writing. We have a really fun talk. We also talk a few things about how does a 16-year-old get a book published? Because you can't set up an Amazon account. You can't have uh, bank accounts and certain things like that at times. So we talk a little bit about that. So it's a great podcast to uh, hear those things from his voice. So uh, that's the changes for the week. You'll notice I'm working on the background still some more. Uh, I'm getting a a poster, <laughs> a frame for that. I've got my shelf coming back with my muses, my inspiration. I just need to get some of this stuff, put it up. My Star Wars poster, my Indiana Jones poster, and all of that type of stuff, all that jazz. So I will shut up and pass it on. So here's Tom and then Yoshio. <laughs> so yeah, well, and you know, an exciting thing is um, your listeners probably don't know this, but in traditional pub, uh, world um, late March, early April and September are the two big release times of year. Uh, so April for summer books and September for Christmas books. So um, it always feels like spring when all the new titles start rolling in, which will happen in about three or four weeks. So, nice. Well, uh, cool. Well, we'll have to check on that. Uh, I know I stopped- Yeah, right now I'm wandering around the store being like, Oh, what should I, uh, should I show Steven, but I've got some good stuff. Got yeah, some good. Great. Let's see. Yeah. So here's some uh, fiction that's doing really well in the store. Um, all a little bit offbeat. Um, this one is called uh, The Whalebone Theater by Joanna Quinn. And uh, it is set um, in Britain in uh, between the wars. And uh, a whale washes up and um, through a weird series of endeavors that um, the kids use some of the, the, the rib cage of the whale to make a theater. Okay. And they become sort of, they some sort of obsessed with play acting and such. And as the book progresses and they become adults, they become British spies during world war two. Uh, and it sort of all roots back to this sort of idea of, of, uh, the whalebone theater. So great stuff, imaginative, uh, British, you like good British historical fiction. Cool, yeah. Uh, and if that's not wacky enough, this is called The Bandit Queens. And okay. uh, Parini Shroff is the author. It's set in a remote village in India where uh, a woman's husband uh, runs off. And uh, instead of bearing the humiliation of that, she sort of subtly hints that she killed him and disposed of the body. Uh, and people believe her and then start to like respect her and be a little afraid of her. And then other women start coming to her for advice on how to get rid of their husband. So it's one of those where, you know, the lie gets deeper and deeper. Uh, and so a lot of fun. And wow, of course, yeah. it's great to read something that's set in a totally different culture. Absolutely. Um, always fun. I read probably five or six years old now, but there's a book called, um, my sister, the serial killer, which is set <laughs> in uh, Nigeria, but reads like a modern day sort of chick book with, you know, blood and guts. But it's hard to hard to describe, but it's about a woman who's sort of the good girl in the family and her sister, her sister's boyfriends keep dying. 
and she has to keep cleaning up after her sister and her sister's like no it's an accident so uh <laughs> but what makes that book really fun is that uh it's a completely different culture and so the family dynamics are are different and the social dynamics are different and oh that's cool and i love that for something very very uh for something more new england uh this is called i have some questions for you by rebecca mckay uh she wrote the great believers uh which almost won many awards national book award it was nominated for all sorts of things and uh is a rough book it's about the onset of the aids it's a novel but it takes place during the onset of the aids epidemic uh this book is about a boarding school and uh rebecca mckay's lives on a boarding in a boarding school because her husband teaches at one outside of chicago and she didn't want to get in trouble <laughs> by writing too much about the real play so she writes about a boarding school in New Hampshire, of which there are many. Um, and so, um, but it's about a woman who is a podcast, a true crime podcaster who has been hired to teach a podcasting class at her old school. And when she was at that school, her roommate was murdered and somebody went to prison for it. And now it's modern day and she can't help but poking around into it and starts to think that maybe the person that was railroaded and convicted for it didn't actually do it so uh -huh. it's a suspense book but it's also a lot of criminal justice system problems social you know how screwed up private schools <laughs> are to begin with um uh, speaking of which oh. did you read um did you read the ninth house ninth house no. oh so, no i recognize I recognize uh, Leigh Bardugo, though. Yeah, Bardugo. So, um, yeah, and sorry about the creepy cover. I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> um, so this book is called Hellbent. It's the sequel to Ninth House. Uh, you're probably familiar with Leigh Bardugo from Shadow and Bone and yeah. Six of Crows. Yeah. Uh, all of which are phenomenal, especially <laughs> Six of Crows and, and Crooked Kingdom are two of my favorite all-time books. Just nice. Not just YA or fantasy, but just all-time books there. They're brilliant. Uh, so if you haven't read them, check them out. And they're coded young adult, although those ones are on the upper end in terms, right. not not in terms of like sex or violence or anything, but more in terms of complexity. They're very complex <laughs> psychological yeah. novels, much more than Shadow and Bone. Shadow and Bone is is uh, pretty straightforward Hunger Games type one teenage girl heroine who has harry potter sort of special abilities and they're very good the world building is great but six of crows is six major characters all with backstory all trying to pull off an impossible heist in a magical world it's i can't recommend it highly enough ninth house is uh definitely for adults uh not just subject matter but that it um uh, it's slower it's a lot slower uh and it has that more more nuanced but ninth house uh presumes that uh, at Yale, where they have secret societies and they have for hundreds of years, uh, real things, George W. Bush was in one, you know, there's all these all these stories you hear about the Yale secret societies. Right. Uh, she supposes that they are all, that they are all magical. Uh, and uh, there are eight houses and they all practice a different kind of magic. And the ninth house is sort of like the police. Their job is to sort of make sure that none of this gets out, that nobody goes too far, etc and um the main character is a young woman from los angeles who uh has a remarkable magical skill but has sort of grown up on the street and doesn't fit in at yale at all so uh great book 
Hellbent just came out, uh, which is a sort of long-awaited sequel to it. Anything mm-hmm. Lee Bardugo does seems to be, she just seems to get better with each book. So, Oh, that's cool. I've, I've read the first stuff uh, and I know the name continuously pops up. Yeah. You read, you read Six of Crows or did you read Shadow no, of Shadows Bones? and Bone. Yeah. So if, I mean, Six of Crows is set in the same world as Shadow and Bone. So right. it's got the, the Grisha with the different kinds of magic and it's just amazing. And if you've watched the show, they've tried to cram the two books together. Oh. Uh, yeah, it doesn't really work. Uh, but uh, although there's a lot of things about the show that that does work it's just they should have each gotten their own show uh, <laughs> instead of trying to i, to I remember my favorite books growing up was the dragonlance chronicles and yeah. they did a animated movie which had some wonderful people in it and i was so excited for it and then i watched part of it and i'm like oh dear lord they they <laughs> took the whole trilogy and cram and tried to rip it apart and cram everything into a one and a half hour cartoon. And I'm like, yeah, that's terrible with this, with this show, at least they have it. It's a series so they can keep going. But um, for some reason they thought the straight up shadow and bone story wasn't enough. Uh, (laughs) And so they, I don't know, just messing around with it. But speaking of childhood and yes, I watched, uh, I did not watch, but I read the first, the first three Dragonlance books came out when I was, (laughs) kid that's how old i am uh but um uh i know you like the the middle grade stuff so i thought i'd finish up with a couple old but awesome middle old but awesome middle grade books um one older than the other so my my wife is reading this for a book group and i was like oh i'm gonna have to go back and read that aren't i because it's so good and that's the dark is rising which okay anyone who reads this is going to be like this is a total ripoff of Harry Potter until you realize it was written 20 years before Harry Potter. <laughs> um, seriously, I mean, this is from the back copy. Uh, on the midwinter day that is his 11th birthday, Will Stanton discovers an astounding gift that he is the last of the old ones, immortals who fight to keep the powers of evil, the dark, from taking over the world. At once, Will is plunged into a quest for the six magical signs that will one day aid the old ones in the final battle between light and dark. Wow. <laughs> It's really good. Again, it's it's 50 years old, so it moves a little slower, I think. Right. Um, but if you're, if you're, I would say, uh, it says ages 8 to 12, but I would say go for age 10 in terms of just having the patience to get to the good stuff. And the good stuff is so good. Uh, nice. And it's, um, uh, and weirdly like Narnia and other things, it's book two in the series, but it's the one that everybody reads first. Uh, right yeah that's a weird phenomena isn't it (laughs) it is weird uh it's maybe just when uh when the author sort of clicked into the to the characters you know like season two season one was just messing around like Uh, uh, the the black cauldron stuff uh priding exactly everybody reads black cauldron uh second um and then for something just totally nuts so this is a british series which was published in the U.S. maybe 15 years ago and then went out of print, and people are always asking me for it because libraries have it, but I can never have find it. Anyway, uh, it's back in print from HarperCollins, and it's called Skullduggery Pleasant. Yeah. Uh, Skullduggery uh, Pleasant is uh, dead, uh, <laughs> and he's, he's, literally, uh, he's literally dead, and uh, the main character is a, a high school girl, um, who comes across him and they sort of band together to 
solve crimes and fight evil. And it's a series. It's up to, I think there's at least 12. Uh, goofy, fun, Tim Burtony kind of wackoness. So um, if you've got a kid, but the reading level is definitely uh, eight and up. Um, so uh, it's not, you know, it's not that dark. It's uh, it's more silly. Um trying to trying to think of another comp for it but uh but yeah sort of tim you know tim burtney just kind of i mean the guy's dead <laughs> so he's a it, yeah. um, he's a dead skeleton sorcerer um nice uh so yeah uh, a couple old ones there but uh and the other ones the the four adult ones are all they all came out in the last couple months so oh okay new, yeah new fresh stuff nice Hope great that helps. that's a good bunch yeah, hey, it's spring, but wait in a couple of weeks we'll have some scads and scads of new titles. I I can't it's wait. Like it's always a you know kind of fun to see what new books. But then it sucks. It's like oh wow, new book by this author I love. I need to read this, so it needs to go to the top of my fifty book pile of to read. <laughs> I will tell you the worst part of working in a bookstore is every day I see ten books that I am never going to get to. <laughs> I'm just never, and I can look at the book and say, this looks amazing. I am never going to read this. And it, and it stinks. I have a friend who calls it book mortality. She says she has more books in her house than she will get to in the rest of her life. Right. Uh, which and, I think a, a lot of us can relate to. Yeah. And then you go through it and you're like, okay, I know I'm not going to read all of these that I've gotten in the last couple of years. So let me just pick out the ones I really, really, really want to read. And maybe I can put the others aside and, uh, you know, maybe give them to friends or something like that. And you get done. You're like, okay, well, I put two books aside out of a hundred. <laughs> right. And then you find yourself wishing for a, you know, broken leg or a short prison sentence or, you know, right. something. What, what would you do if you won the lottery? I'd read my books. You know what I mean? I'd read books. <laughs> absolutely so absolutely all right tom well, i appreciate it yeah always good to talk to you we'll see you next time it is good have a good spring until uh it gets warmer yeah it's coming yep talk to you later today i'm very excited for today's episode of discover wordsmith i have yoshio with me and yoshio is 16 yoshio how are you doing today i'm good i'm good how are you i'm well, I'm doing really great now talking to you. I love talking to kids that are doing things like this. Awesome. I, I encourage that. So uh, before we roll about your book, tell us a little bit about you and what you like to do. I'm going to guess, go to school, <laughs> though that may not be something you like. <laughs> what else do you like to do? Yeah, I do go to school. It's school. I love traveling. My whole family loves traveling, so we always go on trips and all sorts of stuff. Um, I love hiking, swimming, reading, of course. Yeah, all fun stuff. Cool. We'll talk about some of your favorite books later on. But you're on the podcast because you're 16 and you've written two books and got them published. And I think that's fantastic. And it kind of right there, I get a lot of people that tell me, oh, kids can't do this. You know what? We've got proof right here. And there are a few others I've known also. So I'm excited to find out about what you've done. Why did you want to start writing? You said you did your first book at 15. So what made you jump into this and want to start writing? Yeah. So back in like fifth grade, my teacher had us do these fun like writing exercises where we got to 
get a prompt and then write a little short story for that. And I just found that so fun. And after a while of doing that, I'm like, well, hey, why don't I just do it on my own time? Because it, I enjoyed it. So I started writing short stories and printing them out and bringing them to school and having my friends read them back in fifth grade. And, and from there, I just kept writing more and more until finally I'm like, hey, might as well write a full length book. So so you realize that's pretty much how Stephen King started, right? Really? <laughs> Doing this thing. Yeah. I didn't uh, know that. Writing stories for his friends. Then he did the school newspaper and threw in his own stories. Cool. So, yeah. So I love that you got excited about that and enjoyed <laughs> writing. You said you've written short stories. About how many have you written? Oh, maybe like 15, 16. They're super like short stories just to entertain my friends. And I did write one full-length book in sixth grade that was maybe like 80,000 words, but I never ended up publishing it. Yeah. But you still have it, right? I do. I do. Th those are called trunk novels. You stick them in your trunk and you leave them for, for years. Um, yeah. So just remember that when you talk to other authors. That's your trunk uh -huh. novel. <laughs> All right. So this book we're going to talk about is Eight Wander. Tell us a little bit about this book. Yeah, so it's a middle grade, like adventure fiction kind of thing. And so it's about these eight kids who are all cousins and they go on a big backpacking trip together and they get lost in the woods. And so basically the story follows them just learning how to survive, building shelter, that kind of thing. And yeah, it's a fun, fun adventure. Okay. And your what was the title of your first book? My first book was called The Sea's Myth. Okay. And yeah. are they both like middle grade? Yeah. The Sea's Myth was probably middle grade, between middle grade and young adult, probably. Yeah. Okay. Which fits because they say, write what you know. That kind of fits what you know, right? Now, is fantasy your favorite genre to read? I would say probably... I love fantasy, but I've got to go with science fiction. For me, that's what I primarily read, yeah. Okay. Who are some of your favorite science fiction authors? Ooh, I love Neil Shusterman, James Dashner, Suzanne Collins. Those are really good authors. I love their books. Nice. What's your favorite book of all time? That's such a hard <laughs> question. I don't know. One of my favorites is Dry by Neil Schusterman, and it's like a sci-fi survival novel. And it, it, that okay. one was really good. Nice. Okay. And have your friends read these books? The ones that, that I published or the ones that, yeah, they have. Okay. Where, have, where is this available that people can check it out? They're on Amazon, barnesandnoble.com, all sorts of bookshops online. They're in libraries, all the El Dorado County libraries and a few in other places. Yeah, all over the place. Nice, nice. And we'll talk more about the publishing on the second half with authors. Cool. Now, why did you choose to write this particular story, you said you've written sh some short stories. Why mm -hmm. did you choose to write this particular story as a novel? So originally, it wasn't going to be published like for everybody because I had a knack for writing 
And I actually wrote my second book before this one, Eight Wander, but I was going on a big year-long trip with my family. And I have seven, or I have six cousins um, that we're really close to. And so I was like, hey, as a going away gift, I might as well write them something because that's something I'm good at. So I, uh, I wrote them up the story and I originally published it just for, to print it so I could ship it over to them. Um, And so they got it and read it and those things were filled with typos because it was just for them at first. But then the word started getting around and people started buying them and reading them and contacting me and they're like, hey, this was really good. I'm like, oh, I didn't know you were going to read it. I thought it was only for my, I thought only my cousins were going to read it at first. Um, But after that, I'm like, I need to polish it up if other people are going to be reading it. So I did that. And, and yeah, that's how it got, how it is today. Okay. I got to ask, you said a year long trip. What was that all? Not many people I know take a year long trip. What was that for? It was really special. My, uh, my family took a year long RV trip to tour the United States and it was a blast. We're home now, but we spent basically an entire school year just touring around. And yeah, it was a lot of fun. Nice. Did you do remote schooling, I would assume? I did, yeah. What did you think of that compared to going to school? I missed the social aspect for sure. But it was actually really nice because it gave me so much more time to write and uh, just spend time with my family and such. So it was good. Nice. Okay. All right. And is that when you wrote this uh, current Eight Wander book? I actually wrote it right before before we left. Yeah. And then I published it when we were on the road. Okay. Yeah. You did say that. I'm sorry. That's all right. So now that you've had people reading this book, if somebody said, hey, We'd like to turn this into a movie or TV show. Which one would you prefer? <laughs> I would have to say movie because I don't know. Just since it's aimed towards a younger audience, it's young. That age doesn't really invest in TV shows as much as uh, like teenagers or adults. Just because I don't know shorter attention spans. I think it'd be a really fun movie, and it's it's short enough that. It feels stretched out if it were a TV series. So I think a movie would fit best. Okay. So these are one shots. They're not a series of stories. They are. I'm actually working on a sequel right now, but as of now, it's just the first one. Okay. So it's the first one, but the two that you have published aren't in series. Yeah. Okay. All right. And do you have a website? I do. I do. What's that? I think it's yoshio.daggett at yolasite.com. Okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll try and look it up and get a, a link in there. Did you awesome. put that up? I did. Yourself? I did, yeah. So did you get to do it as part of a school project or did <laughs> you just do it? <laughs> I just did it just because it never, that kind of thing never really came up in school. And I'm like, well, I'll, I'll just do it myself. Yeah. Okay. So how do you balance doing school, all your other activities and writing? Yeah, prioritizing that kind of stuff is really hard. Obviously, school is a big priority, 
but writing is is also big. So what I try and do is have a schedule where when it's structured, it's easier to fit everything in, you know. And so I try and get school out of the way first, and then <laughs> that way I can take as much time as I want writing. Nice. Okay. And you mentioned a sequel. What's that going to be about? Yeah. So the sequel is going to follow the same cousins, but this time they get lost out at sea instead of in a forest, which is where the first one takes place. And um, that that's what the second one will be like. Okay. Wonderful. We talked a little bit about your favorite books and mm-hmm. authors. Do you have a local bookstore that you like to go to? I do. I do. We have a used bookstore down on our main street and it is called the bookery and it's just it's a great place nice and where actually where exactly do you live i live in not, Placer- not address, but like in general <laughs> yeah i live in this little town called placerville in california i so, know that yeah i uh, lived in escondido down southern california oh no way now. no way cool yeah. nice All right. So here's the tough one for you before we talk some author stuff. (laughs) So I'm sure a lot of kids at school, teachers, maybe other parents come up to you and they say, so you wrote a book. Why should I get your book and read it? What would you tell them? It's just, it's a fun adventure. I've had parents and teachers tell me that their kids loved it. And it's, it has little bits here and there that are handy when it comes to outdoor survival. And it's just a, a fun story, I think. Yeah, it's fun for me. Nice. Okay, great. Wonderful. I love when kids do things above and beyond a little more out of the norm. So you should be applauded <laughs> for that. Very Thank nice. You. Love that. All right. So let's talk some author stuff. This is of great interest to me. A lot of fun things here that we've want to delve into. Before we get started on some of the topic of publishing when you're not an quote unquote adult, yeah. you've written a bunch of short stories, which I think is more wonderful than you believe because one of the things I've found and talking with others is that writing and writing and gaining that experience is way more important than some people realize. A lot of people mm. write one book and then they spend five years trying to publish, get it published and out there, and they miss the experience of writing more. And you've written, you said about 15 short stories, and now <laughs> two books, you're working on your third, and you have a trunk novel also. Yeah. So do you feel that you've learned and grown and changed with your experience writing since the first one you wrote? Absolutely, for sure. In fact, if I pull a, a dusty binder out of the back of my closet for the the trunk novel, um, just looking at the words that I used and the type of the flow that the writing follows, it's just a huge difference. And I'm, even though it's not going anywhere, I'm super glad I wrote it because it gave me all that experience and yeah, definitely a huge change. So you said you wrote your first story back in fifth grade. Has your fifth grade teacher read the newest stuff you've written? She has. She has. I actually did a, an assign, not an assignment, a signing and talk at my old school. So, yeah. 
how exciting and fun was that? Have all the younger kids coming up to you? It was so much fun. I still have, um, I, my brother goes there, so I still have kids coming up to me when I go to see my brother there asking, oh, when's, this, when's the second Eight Wander going to come out? And that's just, that makes me very happy. <laughs> nice. I'm going to guess, I'm going to tell me if I'm wrong, but I'm going to say that having the kids, the teachers, parents coming up to you and saying, wow, this is really good, keeps you going, keeps you wanting to do more. For sure. A hundred percent. That's like one of the best parts of writing is the feedback and just seeing the people who read and enjoyed the story. It makes it worth it for sure. It's a lot of fun. Cool. So what software do you use to write? I'm going to assume you do it digitally with a computer or something. <laughs> I do. I use, I use Word. I like to keep it simple. Word is my go-to writing tool. Yeah. Okay. So this leads into our bigger topic of discussion, which I think a lot of people may be interested in. Mm -hmm. 16, you've published. That's difficult because of your age, because services want you to be older. And so what are some, how did you publish and what are some of the trials and tribulations you've had to overcome because of your age? Yeah. So um, my first two books I published, I self-published and I went through a program called KDP at first. I'm sure you know what it is, but it's a self-publishing company and it's really handy. It's really nice. But one of the problems I faced was for like banking account details, they don't allow minors to set up their banking account um, to take out that money. So I had to go around that and figure stuff out for that. All right. We'll go into the details if it starts <laughs> to sound a little shady here, but your parents are involved and encourage all of this for you? Yeah, for sure. They are a huge huge part of my writing and I couldn't do it without them for sure. Nice. And you said you also have set up through Barnes and Noble and a few other mm -hmm. places. So you're, you're published wide. Yeah. Do you put in your profile that you're 16 or are you avoiding that and just putting the books out there? I, I say that I'm a teen author, so I don't have to like update it all the time, but yeah, I say that I'm a teen author on the okay. books. And you don't need to give us details, but you've worked out things with a bank account. I'm going to assume got your parents involved. Mm -hmm. uh, are there any other things you've run into because of your age that mm -hmm. you think would not have been difficult if you were? So I, I have a publishing company called Precipice Publishing. And when I was setting that up, it's hard for a minor to do that kind of thing. and. My parents helped me and it's all sorted out, but that was something that was a bit difficult to put out. Okay. So in, in a couple of years, when you're 18 and you're legally allowed to have the bank account and do the Amazon account and all of that, mm -hmm. are you going to switch things over at that point or did you set things up to keep them the way they are now? Yeah, I'll, prob I'll probably switch things over just because it'll make things simpler. Okay. Have, did you think that, oh man, I'm getting experience writing. I've got experience writing novels and published novels. That's going to help me later in life. Or were you just writing because you enjoyed it? At first I was writing because I, I enjoyed it for sure. And I still am. But 
looking at future opportunities, I think writing is a a great asset to have. Whichever field of work you go into or whatever whatever you do really, writing is a big part of everything. So I think I it's a handy with, skill. Yeah. I would agree with that. And as we were talking about, you wrote a bunch of short stories. So you've got a lot of experience writing and you're getting even more. So if you write this third book, maybe even a fourth book uh, before you're 18 or about the time you're graduating, you'll have more experience than most adults that are out there writing. And I truly believe that experience is super helpful to publish more or make a choice as to what direction you want to go. Do you feel that you're preparing yourself for a writing career or some some other plans that this will just tie into? Yeah. So writing right now is like what I'm like a job basically, but what I'm aiming to do in the future is become a nurse anesthetist and writing will be like a side thing that I do, like publish books. But if it becomes successful enough that I can make a career off of that, then that would be the dream. That'd be, that'd be. Have you ever heard of Michael Crichton? I have big fan. Okay. He used to be in the medical field and his first book under some pseudonym was about some patients and being a, in the medical profession. So you've got someone good ahead of you there. (laughs) Awesome. So I take it you have plans to go to college or nursing school or something like that. I like how you say you want to keep this as a side thing, which I also think is important because in today's world, I know you're still in high school, you may have heard of this, but there's Mm -hmm. a lot of turmoil in the job market at times. And a lot Mm -hmm. of people don't have jobs. My mother was a nurse for 45 years. Cool. She worked at the same hospital her whole life, but that just really doesn't happen anymore. So mm. I think having this skill of writing as a backup is important. And especially because you've already published a couple books. So when you're 18 or 22-ish <laughs> and you're just graduating, you, you have four or five books every month could be generating some income, making your life a little more stable because you don't have to worry so much. Have you thought about that or was it something that you came upon? Oh, I guess so afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's uh, definitely an important part, the whole financial side of that. And then plus I get to say I'm an author and get to experience being an author and writing is always fun. So there's the financial side and then there's, oh, I get to keep writing side of it, which is good. I love the fact that you said that you want to be one thing, but writing also, you're still a writer, you're still an author. You can do it on top of the other stuff you're doing. You can do it while mm-hmm. you're in college. And yeah. Continue. Nice. So let me just ask, did you write all this stuff and then tell your parents you wanted to publish or... Did you tell them at the beginning you had a goal? What was their reaction? What'd they say? So the first book I told you a little bit about called The Sea's Myth, I intended to publish it in the just because I'd written so many short stories and I wanted to write a real book to put out into the world and for other people to read. So they always knew that I was interested in publishing, but never really became serious until I finished Eight Wander and things 
opportunities started popping up and I'm like, hey, this is a big thing. This is cool. Nice. So what opportunities popped up going to your old school to, for book signings? One, I assume. Mm-hmm. What other things have come about that you didn't expect? Yeah, I didn't expect just being able to do the book signings and talks. I've done them at a couple of places and those are really fun. Getting them in the library, that was, that was really exciting. And just this kind of thing, being on podcasts and getting to talk to awesome people like you, it's, it's a great part that I didn't really expect going into the field. Nice. So what are, besides doing a podcast, what other things are you doing to market the book? Yeah, so I do social media. I do the talks and signings. Obviously, the podcast. And yeah, that's pretty much what I'm doing to market. So it's all hands on go see people because yeah. being 16 again, mm-hmm. you run ads without yeah. the bank account, without that. That's probably, <laughs> if not extremely difficult, it possibly completely a no go for right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's good though because I, I like being engaged with people. And so it works out. Good. Good. I love your attitude about it. It is what it is. So do what you can, right? Yeah. All right. So, Yoshi, I love talking to you about this. In fact, I'd love to have you on again before you graduate school to see how things have changed. So let's keep (laughs) that in mind. Awesome. But what advice would you give to other young people, teenagers, preteens about writing? that are out there listening to this? I just say, start it, do it. (laughs) There's not an age limit for creativity. You can write when you're young, when you're old, when you're middle-aged, it doesn't matter. It's just getting the pen on paper and the words on the computer and just starting that whole process. That's the most important thing. And it'll take you from there, trust me. (laughs) Nice, that's awesome advice. I'm gonna make that a clip to play for some young people. Awesome. Uh, and, and I did have a 10-year-old on here that wrote a picture book. Wow. You're 16. And I have had a guy that's 74, retired lawyer, that wrote his first book at 74. So a huge age range of people writing. Yeah. So you've got a great start to it, a great jump. <laughs> Thanks. Cool. All right, Yoshio, I appreciate you taking some time after school today and getting on and chatting with us. Anything else you want to say about your book or about being an author before we go? Just keep writing and reading and yeah, that's it. Okay, great. All (laughs) right, I appreciate it. Thank you. Hi, if you enjoyed this episode of Discovered Wordsmiths, please support the author. Go to their website, go to Amazon, look them up, get the book. And if you click on the link that I have in the show notes, you'll also help support the podcast so I can keep the hosting and all the software I use and uh, keep it running for to help more authors. When I am recording this, we've got over 100 episodes, lots of authors. Go to the website, discoveredwordsmiths.com. Check it out. There's a lot of great authors, probably in some genre that you love. See what they have. Check out their books. That's what the point of the podcast is for. So people can discover new authors, find some new books they love, support the authors so they can continue writing. So please support them. And if you do like the podcast, if you've been thinking of podcasting or you're a writer, 
I've got some links also at the website. Click on those if you're interested in any of the software or services that I talk about. Everything that I have there is something I use, so I've got an affiliate link. Again, it's a little bit, if everyone clicked on those, if they were going to get it anyway, it helps keep the podcast going. So let's all help each other out, discover more authors to read. Thank you for listening to Discovered Wordsmiths. Come back next week and listen to another author discuss the road they've traveled and maybe sometime in the near future, it might be you.